Right, I think I'm ready. Are you guys ready? Cool. Let's rock and roll. Hey, hey, hey. It's Friday again and it's time for another episode of the Bit of Fin podcast. Thanks for joining me as my phone there. Anyway, how are you guys all doing? I would... I'm tempted to ask you how, how things are going under the lockdown, but I'm sure you guys are so tired of hearing that question all the time. How are you doing under the lockdown? Anyway, I don't know about you, but I'm doing okay, especially now that I know that on Monday we're going to be going down to level three, which means a lot more things are going to be opening up. A couple of things still are going to be uh, not allowed, but um, at least we're getting closer, and hopefully um, we can stay at level three for a while and hopefully get down to other levels pretty soon. Right, so in this week's episode, I chat to Carlos Sanchez, who is the frontman of South Africa's own old-school heavy metal band called Deadline. So we chat about where it all began, we chat about their last album, uh, some of the accolades that they've achieved over the last couple of years, as well as their new album, which is launching next month. So... Without wasting any more time, here is Carlos. Right, Carlos, man, how's it going? Good, good, not too bad. Not too how's, bad. The, how's the lockdown treating you? Oh, I suppose the same as with everyone else, eh? Um, <laughs> it kind of ebbs and flows. Um, I've been quite lucky to, to have uh, continued working since okay. uh, we went into lockdown on level five, working from home because we can work remotely. So, uh, it's kept my nine to five at least um, occupied, but um, otherwise, yeah, it's some days are better than others, I suppose. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, the reason why I wanted you on, obviously, is because of uh, Deadline and the band and the music. Um, so it's it's great to have you here. So I suppose the always the best place to start is like, so where did the band start? When when was it, and how did it happen? Yeah, so look, we've been around, um, we started sort of towards the end of 2014, but I started gigging, I think our first gig was the 7th of March 2015. Um, basically, um, our guitarist, uh, Lashak, uh, Lashak, his stage name is Raven Chaos. He, I was in a previous band called Gunship, a Metallica tribute band, and they gave audition for Gunship, we didn't get the gig, um, and I sort of spoke to him aside and I was like, look, dude, you're not, you're not a thrash metal guitarist. You're a hardball guitarist. Do you have any of your original, like, do you have any of your own stuff, etc.? And he was like, Yeah, I've been writing stuff over the years, etc., etc. So um, I was like, Yeah, maybe you should look at that because um, I think you'd be selling yourself short trying to play something other than, you know, like, what's your style suits? And then, uh, yeah, so that conversation sort of kicked something off. He got his stuff together. Um, and then we've got a mate, well, our bassist, Baz. He's always been a massive metalhead, but I couldn't play an instrument. So the shack. Called him up and he was like, dude, um, yeah, John, I don't want to play the bass. And uh, Baz was like, yeah, sure, not a problem. We joined uh, BC Rich Warlock from the States. And they started and then I joined in with uh, just crits and vocals and things like that. And then from there and then it kind of just uh, took off. Okay, that's cool. Eh? I don't know why, but your sound just disappeared a little bit there. It sounded like that's you went it. into the toilet for a moment. Did you have me now? Yeah, got you now, got you now. 
So um, you said you were in a, a Metallica tribute band before. <clears throat> yes. When I looked at the uh, the influences for Deadline, I was trying to work out why I enjoyed your music so much. And uh, when I looked at the influences for Deadline, uh, things like Metallica, Megadeth, Iron Maiden, Dio, yeah, that yeah, kind yeah, of stuff, yeah. I, I, I suddenly realised why I enjoyed your music. Um, is that like is that the collective uh, influences for the guys in the band? Yeah, yeah. Look, we um we all grew up listening to old school metal. A few of us, I mean, we're you know, all the same age, sort of from ages thirty five to maybe forty. So, uh, so we all grew up listening to either grunge or old school metal, uh, hard metal, things like that, thrash uh, metal. Uh, so, individually, like some guys obviously prefer one thing to the next, but when you write, it all comes out in there. And I mean, if you listen to our stuff, um, okay, the first album. Kind of borders on hot rock heavy metal. The new album that's coming out next month is going to have much more heavy metal in it. It's going to be a little bit trashy. And you can actually hear, like, you can hear in our music, like, there's a lot of, like, sort of metal, old school metal riffs. Like, you can hear the Maiden, the Priest, but then vocal wise, you'll hear, like, the Metallica or the Megadeth, that type of stuff, because um, you just try to put everything in the pot, really. Um, and I mean, they, they, they don't. They, they don't um, they're very similar anyway. So it's not like you, you know, you're you going too far, you're departing too far from. From the, you know, from the one into the, the next. Yeah. So you said your new album's coming out. That is that this one that's called Cathedral Point. Cathedral Point, twentieth of June. Okay. And I mean, is that still uh, with the current circumstances? They're still going to work out nicely for you guys. Looks like it. Look, um, if it does get delayed, it will be like by something stupid, like a week. But um, so far, so good. Um, we're trying to wrap a few things up now. That's great. And like when you released your last album, how did you guys release it? Uh, did you like go to a venue and have a have a release party, or how did you do yes. it? So what, what we wanted to do the last time is, uh, you know, a lot of bands will have like a release party. Um, what we wanted to do is we wanted to have a release party in all the major cities. So we, um, the official release party was at Railways in Pretoria. Um, okay. We're obviously a Pretoria band, so we've got quite a cool following here. So we had a Musa Joel there. Um, and then what we did is the following week we went to Durban, we got the we did two in Cape Town. Uh, we did PE, we did Joburg, and uh, we just tried to. I mean, look, we, we took a bite because we went. I mean, a lot of people didn't know us in Cape Town, people didn't know us in Durban. Obviously, um, some, some cities worked out better than others. Uh, what we tried to do is we tried to get popular bands in that specific city to open for us. So, obviously, you know, just get people coming in. Um, but yeah, we, 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 we tried that, it worked, and. Um, yeah, we also, what we did with that one is we released the first 100 CDs all individually numbered and signed by the band. Okay. Uh, so I suppose you ever become super duper famous. <laughs> and, <then it's laughs> like some and I mean, like, in terms of releasing the new album, have you guys got any thoughts? Have you had to change change your idea about that? Coming Now, we're still, look, we're going to stick to the 100 as well, signed and numbered. What we have done this time around, and I said slightly more ambitious, is we're releasing the album in two different colors. Okay. So the one is going to be like a yellow and red, and then the other one is going to be like this blue, purple, and yellow. 
Okay. So, yeah, so we've already started taking pre-orders. Um, I think we've already said so 100, 100, it's 200 CDs. I think we've already managed to have almost 100 booked. So, um, yeah, it's going all right. I mean, obviously, the, the, the logistics about getting the CDs to people is going to be a bit tricky, but uh, we'll sort that out. I mean, yeah. I suppose tonight we'll hear what's going to happen with, with um, Level 3, should Level 3 be implemented next week, and then we can see, you know, what we can and can't do. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so... Those those uh, limited edition CDs that you guys are organising, um, I'm assuming people can go and sign up for that on your website, right? Yeah, we've got a website on our Facebook page, uh, inbox us. But yeah, we've got a website and there's a specific link there to pre-orders. You put your name, your address, your number, and there and you, you get a choice of. You also got to choose what colour you want and a choice of what your three favourite numbers. Okay. Because um, obviously they're all individually numbered and um, yeah, unfortunately, like. Yeah, you know, 13 and 69 seems to be quite popular, so those were like gone right at the start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, we won't dive into that. Uh, <laughs> oh, that's cool. So I think I'll go and sign up. Um, so uh, you guys are a six-piece band. I mean, was that was that planned or was that just the way it happened? Because I can't really think of many bands that have got six-piece. Uh, I think the only one that comes to mind at the moment is Iron Maiden. Um, no, look, it was totally unplanned. Uh, the, we started off as a five-piece. We were a five-piece for four years. Um, what happened sort of middle of 2018, our, our founding member, Lashak, or Dragon Chaos, he got, um, he got news, look, they were going to immigrate. His wife had been um, looking for a position, and she found something, I think it was in Australia, uh, that we were going to move over there. So we got a good friend of the band, Warwick, to, to replace him. Um, his stage name is Judgmental. But what happened subsequently today is um, Lashak's immigration fell through. So we oh. got to we got to August, September, and uh, Warwick had joined. Lashak wasn't going to go. And then we were like, look, are we, are we going to get rid of Warwick? Are we going to continue as a six-piece? And I look, uh, right off the bat, I was like, you know what, we're all mates here. I mean, Warwick doesn't deserve to get the axe. <laughs> he's done nothing wrong. Um, he's got a hell of a lot of good music he's written. Um, let's stay as a six-piece. Let's see how it goes. Um, so, yeah, we, we made the call. We stayed at a six-piece. It's been a little bit difficult. Um, as you can imagine, a lot of our clubs and the, the places we play at aren't geared up for three guitars. <laughs> it's really hard in the mix. It's been yeah. messing up my vocals live because um, of feedback and things like that. So I've got a wireless mic. And... Um, we probably rolled all the punches, man. He's brought a lot of good songs. Um, he had played for us before when we um, we made it to the final for the Battle for Maiden in 2016. And the Shack had actually booked a family holiday in Thailand and obviously couldn't cancel that. I mean, look, I don't think we thought we'd ever make the final. We were just wanting to fill in for him. So, yeah, he's been, you know, he's sort of been in, in and around the, the peripheral. And, uh, yeah, the best thing to have. I suppose now, look, the Shack is now finally immigrating. We're supposed okay. to have left by in April, but then lockdown happened. So within the next month or two, we're going to go back to being a five-piece. Not that it matters now because we all at home, but yeah. No. <laughs> Clearly the universe is trying to send him a message, eh? They yeah, should be a mess, around. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> we actually had his farewell show on the um, our last show. So when was it? Beginning of March. Okay. We had a really cool show at the job bar. And it was goodbye, Lashak, blah, blah, blah. He's leaving at the end of the month and then lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> shame, man, shame. And then um, talking about uh, writing uh, songs, I mean, who 
who who's got the responsibility of that in the band? Or is it everyone gets together in the band yeah, to write stuff? Yeah, look, when, if you read the album, it says, you know, all songs written by Deadline. We don't uh, go via, you know, like individual member. But what generally happens is the guitarists bring the songs. So it's either Lashak, Sean, or Warwick. They yeah. write, they're, they're the main songwriters. And what they do is they give me sort of the, the skeleton, the shell, like let's say intro, verse, chorus, verse, chorus, like, and then I do all the arrangements and yeah. I write the lyrics and the vocal melodies, things like that. Uh, there has been one or two songs that have come already written, uh, with, with vocals, um, but I do, I won't sing anything I'm not happy with, so I do sort of um, veto and rewrite and everything's got to be okay by me. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's normally it's, it's it's a two-person process. Whichever guitarist is involved, and then myself. Um, I'm, unfortunately, I'm too lazy to to learn how to play the guitar properly, so I'm like a campfire guitarist. <laughs> but um, I've got a good ear for arrangements and stuff. So um, yeah, we then we present it to the band, and then we just get cracking. Yeah, because I was just going to ask, because I mean, you're the lead vocalist or the vocalist for the band, and then I was going to ask yeah. if you played any other instruments, but I think you've answered that question. Yeah, you know, very badly. <laughs> <laughs> but um, like, you know, it's, and you can hear it. You, you can hear it in the music, and I think that's that's. I mean, you'll hear it more in this album. You can hear the different influences. So, obviously, the Shack is more of a hard rock guitarist. Sean is a sort of heavy metal through and through. Like you know, you can hear that Iron Maiden influence. With the Shack, you hear a lot of the older Judas Priest influence. With Warwick, you hear the Judas Priest and the Iron Maiden. So, a lot of the the guitar work is old school heavy metal. And when you hear my vocals and my vocal melodies. Because I'm a massive thrasher, a lot of you can hear the Testament, the Metallica, the Megadeth, yeah. you know, the Death Angel, whatever. So I've had to sort of change my, my singing style, so it's more old school heavy metal. But you can you can hear that I've got that sort of thrashier kind of um, sort of undertone. And, and, and I suppose that's what makes our deadline sound, is that we're playing heavy metal that kind of borders on thrash metal, hard rock. You know, you can't like just say it's heavy metal, you know. Yeah. So... It's the deadline song, I suppose. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So, and then talking about uh, about awards and that kind of stuff, I mean, you guys have done fairly well in terms of awards. That's actually how I found you guys. I think there was uh, um, something that came across social media for the South African Metal Music Awards or something like that. Yeah. And I, I thought, oh, well, maybe this is a good opportunity to go find out some metal bands in South Africa because... Um, back in the day, you used to go to uh, what is that place out in Kaya Sands? Um, they always used to have the death metal stuff. Um, was it Tempos? Tempos, Tempos, yeah, yeah. So I used to go there and watch you know bands like Chromium and Vices and Nave and yeah. those guys. And uh, but like since since that place had closed, I hadn't really been getting exposure to to metal bands. So I thought, okay, let me go check out who's been nominated. And that's actually how I found you guys um, on that list. So how did it go with the awards? So look, we've, um, yeah, we got, the first year we got nominated in the best thrash metal category. I think that was 2000, uh, that was 2015, we didn't win it. We're not okay. a thrash metal band, so I was quite yeah. happy not to have won it because I'd be very sad <laughs> to have won best thrash metal, not even a thrash band. <laughs> I'm like one of those parents, I'm called a thrash, but not thrash, you know? Yeah. Um, and then the second year we were nominated in that category as well as best newcomer. We won best newcomer. Okay. Which is really cool. And the following year we were nominated again in like, 
Brothers was nominated best live album. I mean, best live band. Oh, yeah. Album of the year. And I think then they changed the nomination. Then it was they changed it to best old school metal. So what they did is they combined all the older genres: punk, thrash, power, okay. heavy metal. So we won best live act and best um, old school metal band. And then the following year, uh, so this is for the 2018th year, uh, they, they had the awards last year, we won Best Old School. So, yeah, we've been nominated six or seven times and we've won four awards. Awesome. Well done. Well done. Thanks. And I think you guys deserve it because um, I must admit the, um, that uh, album of yours, uh, it's one of those albums that I can listen to from the, from the beginning to the end without skipping any songs. And there's very few albums that you come across these days where and there might be two or three songs that you connect with and you tend to skip sure, to those sure. ones or put those on your playlist. But I listen to your uh, your album from the beginning to the end. So it's pretty cool. Thanks, thanks. We yeah. actually, when, when, when the album came out, um, a few people did reviews and stuff. And one review we got, which I found to be very interesting and which I quite enjoyed, is the, the girl that reviewed us called us Brian Metal. She said you can have a mates over for a beer and a bra and play the, the album in the background and it won't offend or upset anyone. Yeah, <laughs> and it goes absolutely. really well with it. So, I mean, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> why not? Eh? Why not? <laughs> and I mean, like talking about that, do you, um, I mean, has your, has your music been played on radio or what radio station no, would they be on? Look, we've, um, we've, we've been playing a few online radio stations. Uh, we... We've been played on the 93.8. We get played on 93.8 quite regularly. Um, uh, what, what's it? What's it? Uh, radio station called? Why can't I remember it now? Well, it's not, not um, uh, Mix FM, right? Mix FM. There we go. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean, look, we've been fortunate enough. Like, there's a lot of guys overseas that are always like, you know, sticking their their noses in the interwebs and just uh, looking for new stuff to play. So we get played regularly in, in some like American online shows, British, uh, Australian. We've been played on on British radio or, you know, like sort of like local stations, like, you know, you're talking about um, Brighton, in Brighton and one in Southampton, stuff like that. So, um, yeah, we've, uh, it get, we were on DSTV, we're on the DSTV channel. Okay. Um, we've actually got a guy, David Westhazen, he does our PR um, from time to time, especially when we've got events or big things coming up, like an album, and he always manages to get us, you know, like playing in different places, which is really cool. Oh, that's great. That's great. And then, like, talking about um, that uh, touring and all that kind of stuff, what's, um, have you toured around the country or have you stuck around mainly in Joburg? Well, look, we, we, we play mostly Joburg and Pretoria. Um, but, yeah, like I said, when we, did the, when we did the launch, we went down to Cape Town, Durban, PE. Um, things, went, look, things worked out really well for us in, 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 in Cape Town. So they invited us to come back and play at the... Um, biannual uh, summer and winter fest, Middle for Africa summer and winter fest. We played at the summer fest. And um, so to do that, we've been down to Cape Town one more time. We've been to Bloom. We've been to Botswana. We've been to Grandstown. So we've, we've pretty much played most of the, the main towns and cities in the country. Yeah. And then in, in, in Johannesburg, what sort of venues are you playing? I see you guys play at Rumour City. Yeah, Rumour City, um, Sandowners. Um, yeah, Sundowners, Rumors, uh, who else have we played? Like, the up here, we've got Railways, um, the Job, which we played it the other day, the Skate Park, um, why have I just seen a blank? What else is there? 
Nossa, velho. Olha como é que sabe uma rede. Mas, eu acho que, obviamente, venues are getting fewer and fewer. Mas tem ainda um couple of places. Yeah. Um, we played like biker gigs, um, things like that. Yeah. Cool so, running, I mean, what's cool running, running centurion? Yeah. And what's the sort of response that you guys are getting when you're playing? Are, you, are the guys getting involved? Because, because as I understand, as a musician, um, or as musicians for the band, that you guys feed off quite a lot from the energy from the crowd. How do you how do you yeah. find the crowd's response? Like, you know what, it, 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 it depends. Like, it's it's uh, just like uh, life in lockdown, it ebbs and flows. <laughs> we're, uh, we're a hell of an energetic, passionate live act. Um, yeah, look, we, we, we pride ourselves in our live show. Um, I'm a very energetic front man. I get the, the crowd going. Yes. I'm very interactive. I'm more a front man than a vocalist, really. Um, so we, we love to put on a good show. When we play Pretoria, look, it, it's, it's, it always goes down a treat. Uh, Joburg is hit and miss. It really depends. Unfortunately... The music we play is, like, I wouldn't call it outdated, but it's, you know, it's, it's, it appeals more to people sort of from the ages of maybe 30, 35 upwards, because, you know, we're yeah. playing older genres. And um, so often with Joburg, and I mean, the Joburg scene, a lot of the kids are, are more into, like, the, you know, deathcore, metalcore, or, or death metal. So um, it depends on the night. I mean, like, if you catch a lot of the, the, the core kids, they're really not interested, you know. Uh, yeah. They'll sit and they'll watch a song and they'll walk away and they'll go outside and talk to their mates. So, um, I suppose that a, a lot of, like, and, and I think a lot of the time, a lot of the way that we manage to win fans is with our live show, you know. Um, a lot of the, the younger people, we, we get them with our energy, we get them involved. Um, I'm very, I'm very in your face, you know. Like, I, you know, if you're not singing, I'll tell you, you know, get up here and sing. I'll make you um, throw your hands in the air. I'll, you know, signal you, single you out, things like that. Um, we love crowd interaction, but I mean, most times people watch us, and I mean, we've received this a lot of times. You know, like, look, we don't love the, we don't like the music, but we love the energy, and yeah. So I mean, look, I'll take that. You know, unfortunately, the people that would love our music are just don't go out, like some married with kids. You know, uh, not everyone. <laughs> Yeah, so it's, it's, it's a bit tough, but you know, like I said, you get some nights and you walk out and you're like, oh man, they're all so shit. Um, and the other nights, I'm like, wow, you know, and it's the same venue, same fans, you know, or same yeah. people. But I mean, you guys are loving what you're doing, so I mean, you're not going to change yeah, your music yeah, just to get the no, fans, look, right? like I always tell the guys, when we start a deadline, look, I'm 41 years old now, so when we start a deadline, um, I was like 36 or whatever the case. I always just tell the guys, look, just see it as it's just another round of golf. You know, we're uh, it's a hobby, it's a passion, it's a way to release stress. Um, we're doing what we want to do. We're doing it the way we want to do it. And um, if people jump on the bandwagon, so be it. And it looks like people have jumped on the bandwagon. You know, four awards later, over 100 gigs, big concerts, us first open for Judas Priest. Not that yes. it happened, but uh, so I suppose we 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 had you know we're going the right direction. But I mean, we just. You've always just got to be level-headed about it because you're playing heavy metal as a small genre in the country yes. and you're playing a updated sort of version of that genre um, in South Africa. So it's always going to be hard. So you've got to take your, you've got to take every victory and uh, build with it. Yeah, sure. Did you, uh, did you go to the Iron Maiden concert when they came? Oh, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Cape Town and Joburg. I've seen him nine times. So I go, I've watched Maiden all over the world. Okay, I was supposed good. to watch them now in July for the 10th time in Prague. Oh. Yeah, and then Corona hit. <laughs> Excuse me. No, no, no. 
Yeah, well, listen, I must admit that that was a very good concert, uh, the one here in South Africa. I mean, they came with the whole the whole stage and everything. I mean, I don't think many people anticipated that it was going to be that good. No, Maiden is incredible, man. Like I said, I've seen Maiden t- uh, nine times now, and I've never seen a forget a shit show. I've never seen like an average show. It's always just been nine or ten or twelve yeah. out of ten, you know. Yeah. Um, they consummate professionals, and they put so much in, like their attention to detail, everything they do. It's just, yeah, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, and Bruce Dickinson. I mean, talking about energetic frontmen, um, he's definitely one of those. He doesn't stop. Yeah, look out. Yeah, I model a lot of my, my, my sort of my, my, my stage persona around him. Okay. Um, he's a massive influence. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Right. So um, I see you rocking a couple of tattoos there. Just one or two. <laughs> uh, just 17, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so when did you get your first tattoo? So funny enough, I was a late bloomer. I mean, I always wanted tattoos, but I waited. I think I was like, I couldn't remember. It was 10 years ago or something. No, it was 30 already. I was like, yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I don't know. I just, I just wanted to be certain. And then I got my first chop. I got this one. And then from there on in, it just, um, yeah, it just sort of, yeah, it's gotten out of hand. <laughs> <laughs> it's addictive, right? I was actually supposed to, the irony of ironies, you know, speaking of things, I was supposed to get a tattoo on the 11th of April yeah. of a plate doctor. You know, ironically, um, we then got hit by the plague. <laughs> so my plague doctor will have to wait until another time. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Like, how do you how do you choose your tattoos? Uh, well, yeah, it's, it's, I don't know. It's like you like I, I don't I don't go for wanting something rather than wanting ink. Yes. You know, so there's always like an idea. Like one day I'm going to get this tattooed, and then you never do. And then, like, one day you're like, shit, I really want to get ink. Maybe I should get this. Or, you know, and, and then you end up getting a tattoo that you wanted 15 days ago, whereas the one you wanted for 15 years is <laughs> still not on you. So, uh, it's, 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 yeah, if I get an appointment or if the bug bites, I go and then I do whatever's relevant to me at the time. Most of my tats are music related. Okay. Um, yeah, it's a bit of an, I've got some unmade and some Metallica. Um, what I'll do is like, I'll do like specific, like this one, for example, is a glam rock chick from the eighties. Okay. So it's kind of like a, a tribute to glam rock, you know? Um, yeah. so yeah, I'll take like a picture, like I got one on my leg. I'm a big machine head fan. I put the saber tooth tiger with like my favorite machine head song title, you know? So yeah, yeah just mix it up. But it always seems to come back to music. Yeah, no, that's cool, man. That's great. Huh? Yeah. So um, you were saying that you guys have played for for some bikers before. Are you are you a biker yourself? No, I'm not. Um, but Basil is our bassist. He's okay. uh, big into Harley Davidsons. Yeah, <laughs> um, and I, I think I Warwick, our lead guitarist, he, but he's into like um, super bikes and stuff like that. So it's oh, a different. Yeah. yeah. He's Look, I love MotoGP. That's my favorite sport. But um, <laughs> yeah, I've just never. Yeah. <laughs> so have you never, you've never tried, never. Oh, you know, when I was smaller, man, like on, and then I just, it just never. The bug never bit me. But funny enough, the bug has bit me now. Okay. Um, and I've been really considering just, uh, yeah, I've been considering getting one. <laughs> yeah, you must. Man. But um, 
But um, I just, yeah, like I've, I've also been considering immigration. So I've been kind of like, yes, no, yes, no. And uh, I was like, if I stay, I'm buying a bike. If I go, then I'll get a bike elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. So, and if you immigrate, where you where you looking to go? Yeah, somewhere in Europe, I suppose. I've got an European passport, so. Okay. So, and I mean, Carlos Sanchez, where does Carlos Sanchez originally come from? What's your heritage? Well, uh, I'll tell you Sunnyside, Pretoria. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm, I've got Portuguese parents with a bit okay. of Spanish. Oh, right. So mostly right. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, that's cool. And can you speak Portuguese, Spanish? Oh, yeah, yeah, fluently. Eh? Uh, uh, my parents, when I was a kid, they sent me to Portuguese school. Nice. And then I did it as a subject in, from standard 8, 9, and 10. I took it as a, a through UNISA. I took it as like a seventh subject. Um, okay. I'm not sure why, actually. But, uh, yeah. But it's good because I mean that'll definitely help you if you're in Europe. If you go, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. And um, so I mean, as a musician, I mean, it's really difficult to do that as your day job because uh, when I when I chat to bands and I ask them, so what would you, uh, what advice would you give to aspiring musicians uh, in South Africa? They would say, get a day job. So, um, what's your day job? <laughs> what's your you know, day like- job? I think, I think look, with me, I was never a musician to begin with. Um, yeah. You know, I studied law at, at, at Tucky's and uh, became a lawyer. And then I left law and I stopped practicing and I joined a private bank. And um, so this was always just a hobby for me. True. You know, I've never taken a singing lesson. I've never taken a music lesson. I learned how to play the guitar sort of at mates' houses over the internet, stuff like that. So I don't know if I'll call myself a muso. I think earlier I said I'm an upfront man. I'm more of an entertainer than a musician. Um, but it's like, you know, it's like I've got a lot of mates that are full-time users, but the thing is what you've got to put in your head is that you can't just say, hey, man, I'm going to become a heavy metal drummer or I'm going to become a heavy metal guitarist. Mm. You've you got to say, I'm going to become a drummer and um, I'm going to teach drumming. I'm going to do session work. I mean, I've got a lot of mates that they teach drumming. You know, like they just say drummers, they, 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 they teach drumming during the day. They're, they're music teachers. Um, they've got two or three bands like like they like they're playing heavy metal bands at their passion, then they'll like be a drummer for an Afrikaans guy, you know, guy yeah. that sings like Afrikaans music, and um, that's where they get a lot of their money. So you've got to be sort of dynamic to understand that you 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 can't play heavy metal or you can't play punk music, or whatever, and so that can make money from it. But um, you can play in a punk band, you can play in a blues band, you can play in like a pop act, and you can be like a session muso, and um, you still be able to get by. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Anyway, Carlos, uh, I look forward to the new album. I have to tell you, I'm going to go sign up on the on the website there and see if I can get myself a special edition. Yeah, please do. That'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I look forward to the first first live gig because, unfortunately, I've never been able to see you guys live because something always what? seems to come up, you know. <laughs> You know, like you're saying, no, yeah, one yeah, of those yeah. guys that's got uh, responsibilities like kids and that kind of stuff. Yeah, I know it's crazy, man. Like, I mean, also like we, and I feel like we also try to get a lot of our mates out to shows and, and every now and then like when they do come to that one show, they're like, wow, <laughs> you guys are so crazy live. And it's like, um, that's the one thing about me. Like if I'm going to play on, in a scene where everybody's younger than me and I'm going to make sure that I that I, I throw myself harder, run faster, shout louder and... Yes. Um, you know, like almost every show I'm bleeding, you know, bunching walls, doing things like I love that old 80s kind of 
rock star kind of, you know, like we wear the battle jackets, the leather pants, the yeah. bullet belt. So when we get up on stage, it's like, you know, the fuck deadline is, you know? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I watched, I watched that, um, your the one video of yours, which is it, uh, is it Blood Beast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, uh, I think one gets a good sense of uh, what your sort of stage presence is as a band. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, look, we, we, we wanted to, we wanted to play old school music and uh, bring the old school look back. Because how much you go, you watch these bands, they're so heavy, but the guys look like they've just come out of a bra. <laughs> you know, they look sloppy, they like, I mean, look, no, no disrespect to the guys. I mean, what are they my mates? <laughs> but it's just like, I believe that like images is also a very vital part of what you're doing. So what we wanted to do is we wanted to bring back the image. Um, but we want to have less of that old school attitude. You know, you get a lot of these old school metalheads that are massive elitists, like, you know, they hate core and they hate this. So we we welcome everything, but uh, this is who we are. You know, this is what we do. Yeah. You know, we play with chains on stage. We've got flags. We've got fake blood. We'll do all sorts of things because we want to bring like that, that sort of the spirit of the 80s back again. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, you're a Metallica fan, right? Uh, what did oh, yes. you think of their last album? I love it, eh? Um, maybe there's a few songs too long. Yeah. There's uh, 12 songs. Um, sort of the first, I remember they, they released two CDs in, in the one. Uh, the yeah. first CD with the first six songs is perfect. Yeah. I never thought Metallica would ever write six songs like that ever again. I thought yeah. there was, I mean, like Atlas Rise, um, Now That We Did, um, mm. Halo on Fire. Those songs are so good. Yeah. Then it kind of sort of fizzles, fizzles out in the second half, I think. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, look, in my opinion, Metallica hasn't released a good album since Metallica, Metallica, so yeah. I'm not a load or reload, man, so, um, but, uh, yeah, man, it was, it was, I loved it, eh? I loved it. Yeah, because I must admit, I thought, I thought after Death Magnetic, yeah, I like some songs on Death Magnetic, but um, I didn't think that they were going to bring out another decent album. I basically, I told my mate. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Like understanding, understand that Metallica is my favorite band, and I was saying oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. they over. You know that's what I. Yeah. That was before before that um, that uh, you know um, album came out. I was like, nah, I'm not. I wasn't even like <laughs> looking forward to the new album. And shit, when it yeah, came yeah, out, yeah. I was like, because you know the way, you know how they did is they released those videos. I think it was like every yeah. two hours or something over across the world or whatever. Man, yeah, I mean, so one of my favorite songs, probably my favorite song in there is Halo on Fire. So um, good. It's so almost like my Fate to Black for the album. Dude, it's exactly it. I've told my mates that it reminds me so much of Fate to Black. Yeah. When it, um, it's second out of the song, where it goes into that melodic piece. That yes. It actually reminds me a lot of that Fate to Black outro solo. Like, yeah. yeah. That's, actually, that's actually the ringtone on my phone, by the way. That part oh, of nice, the song, nice. um, oh, yeah. So, I, I mean, and I mean, "Fade to Black" is probably my favorite Metallica song. I wouldn't say it's their best, but it's my favorite song. Yeah, and um, yeah. but another song that I really enjoy on um, on that album, and partly because of the video. I mean, it's a good song, but also partly because of the video and what you're talking about in terms of what you guys bring to the uh, the stage is "Man Unkind." Oh, yeah, You've seen yeah, the video, yeah. right? Black metal video. Yeah, love it, man. It's like it's one of my it's favorite It's actually songs. my least liked song on the album. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. We can, the we, video, 
we can agree to disagree. The, the video was, was, was shot with the dudes that starred um, in that uh, Lords of Chaos movie. Yes. The, the, the guys that did the, the blackmail, the guys that, that did that mayhem. Um, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, it's like, the thing that I always tell people, I tell a lot of my mates, is we can never expect our favorite bands to keep releasing great albums. Like, I'm a firm believer that every good, every great band, be it Metallica or U2 or the Rolling Stones or The Doors or Iron Maiden or whatever music you like, every great band only yeah. really has four really good albums in there, four or five. Like, you can't write, like, when you're young and you're hungry, you're going to write incredible music because it comes from a place of, like, there's a hunger. But if you are very successful and now you just got to start shitting albums out, you just don't have that drive. You know, your drive is different. You sign a contract, you got to release, like, four or five albums on this label. By the time you get further down the line, it's very hard to sort of replicate that. And then the other yes. thing is the minute you have a very good album, like a something that, that is mind-blowing, that, like, changes the course of music, like let's say Metallica, Metallica. Yeah. You'll never be able to follow that up. Yeah. And there's countless bands that have hit that. I mean, Machine Head. Machine Head grew, grew, grew until they released The Blackening. Since The Blackening, every album they've released has just been sort of not as good as the other. And I mean, opinions can vary. I mean, we all, um, we're all, you know, we all got different ears and we're all entitled to like whatever, you know, everyone's ears different. But you can hear a good album. Yeah. You can hear good music. And um, you may not need to like it, but you can hear it. And I mean, even U2, I mean, U2 is probably like one of the greatest rock bands that's ever lived, but they've only really released four or five good albums between sort of late 80s and early 90s. And then after that, they just live off the name they've created. So whenever, whenever a big band releases an album, I never expect it to be good because yeah. I also know that there's a ton of other younger bands releasing good albums. Yeah. You know, uh, there's angers in someone else. Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Yeah, because I mean, I saw U2 the last time they were, I've seen them on both occasions that they were here in South Africa, but the last one, um, I originally wasn't going to go because ugh, I was like, I've seen them before, don't really expect much and whatever. And at the last minute, my buddy phoned me and said, hey, listen, he's got some tickets, let's go. And we were in general standing or whatever. And yeah. I'll tell you what, it was such an awesome concert, because probably because I went there with, without any expectations. I was just going there for a <laughs> good time. And it was it was amazing, yeah. And I often talk about that uh, that concert just purely because it was just just amazing. Yeah. But that's but, that, but that's exactly it, man. You know, with music, you know, it's if our expectations are lower, we are guaranteed to enjoy it more. If our expectations are higher, I mean, like you can't expect like, oh wow, Metallica's going to release a new album and you want to hear Master Puppets or Ride the Lightning because you're not going to get it. <laughs> um, you know, you just got to. And I think maybe. With years of being disappointed from Lulu to St. Anger and whatever, when, oh, um, I got very I got very amped up for the previous one, well, not the previous one, the one before, a big magnetic, and uh, it kind of just, few songs were really cool, but it just it just had, it, it, it never gained any momentum. Like, I just felt that every song had just two or three riffs too many. Yeah. <laughs> it's almost like, and because Metallica, like, I think they allowed the pressure to get to them. You know, I remember leading up to that, James was going on in the media about you can hear Master of Puppets and there's a lot of old riffs and we sound more metal. And then when, when it came out, I was just like, you know, these songs are just too long. Then with this one, I, I was like, I stuff it, you know, let's see what they bring out. If they release a song or two, then it's okay. And then, um, yeah, they, I mean, they first released Hardwired to Self-Destruct and I thought, okay, not bad. Um, it's all right. And then they released those other two, um, 
Atlas Rise, uh, yeah. Rise and Welcome to the Flame. And I was like, yeah. sweet shit. <laughs> like, I actually personally think Atlas Rise is one of the greatest songs ever. Yeah. Like, I've heard Metallica's Black and Creeping Death and Fade to Black, and I put Atlas Rise right up there. It's so yeah, good. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So yeah. good. Yeah, so I've got uh, two teenage daughters, and uh, I was actually quite amazed that they actually knew all the lyrics to Moth into the Flame. <laughs> <laughs> because I mean, I played in my car when we in the car, and uh, they obviously enjoyed it so much that they were listening to it outside of the car, and uh, you know they knew the lyrics to the song, so I was actually quite impressed. Yeah, well, that's the one that they young. the Grammys or something with Lady Gaga. <laughs> yeah. So, um, oh, you were talking about albums. So you uh, you named your 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 favorite songs. What were they? Creeping Death and. Creeping Death, Fade to Black, and Blackened. Blackened, yeah. So one of my favourite songs, and it hasn't always been, I cannot favourite songs, but one of the songs I'm enjoying at the moment, which I haven't, didn't really hook into for, for a long, long time, but I did because of the of the latest album, because on the deluxe version, they've got some live songs that they did. And one of, the, and one of them is uh, The Four Horsemen. Oh, yeah. And sure. I love that song. I just love <laughs> the way that it changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we, when in the Metallica, when, when we did the Metallica tribute show, we played the Four Horsemen. We just used to take away the middle bit. Yeah. Um, so we just played the. Um, yeah, the Four it's, it's a tricky one. Like the Four Horsemen, I suppose, because Megadeth released it afterwards as the Mechanics, because the original was the Mechanics. Yes. And then obviously Dave got fired. And um, <laughs> I mean, that riff is great. You know, yeah. there's so much power and energy. I mean, that early Metallica was just. It was, it was just so fast and so brutal. Like, you know, people talk, like, a lot of these death metal heads, and, and I always talk about how brutal death metal is. And, I mean, and, like, I love, you know, like, I, I love death metal. And, uh, but sometimes I find death metal is, like, not half as brutal as people make it out to be. Yeah. Like, sometimes brutality is, like, if I hear Kill Em All, and I think that it was written in 1983. Exactly. Like, yes, that is, or 82, I'm like, or you hear one of the first creator albums, like, from 85, A Pleasure to Kill. And it's like so fast and it's so like manic and you're like, this is brutal. <laughs> nobody was doing this. Yes. You know, now it's 2020, 2019, 2020, everyone is like growling and doing it. It's like, it stops being brutal. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. this is the normal. I mean, Metallica take a lot of flack and everybody hates Lars Ulrich and everybody's like, they're so fucking boring. But then you're out at a, at a nightclub and Master of Puppets comes on or Creeping Death or... <laughs> <laughs> into Sandman or whatever. everybody's on the dance floor like all the haters you know yeah. like yeah I thought you said you hated this band because I said they dad rock <laughs> like, come on man exactly oh. exactly the band yeah. loves to hate yeah exactly I don't think people uh, want to admit that they like them so you were talking about Saint Anger um yeah I I, I can't even <laughs> classify that as an it's album but um you know it was just the Anyway, a disaster. But you know what? Um, I often rate Metallica as a band that does really, really good covers. Like, you just go back yeah, to the Garage Inc. album, you know, Turn the Page, yeah. you know, that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I'm, 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 would like to start a petition that they need to do a cover of St. Anger. <laughs> and I reckon they'll do, I think they'll do a better job the second time around. Because they've got some good what? songs in there. It's just the sound is just shit. Yeah. You know, so it's quite interesting. So when they came, I don't know if you saw them when they came in 2006. Yep. And they played at uh, Super Sport Park. Yep. And um, they played St. Anger that night. Yeah. Uh, with 
sort of your normal standard tuning with uh, the drums properly tuned. And it actually sounded really good. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, it's amazing what a snare sound does to a, to a song. But, I mean, it, it sounded really good. But, but I suppose, and, you know, you, there's two ways to look at it, you know. You can think, you know, these guys are so arrogant that they are willing to release any old rubbish yeah. and think they'll get away with it. But there's also that whole artistic freedom thing. I mean, you know, no band owes us anything. You know, Absolutely. our new album, our new album is faster, it's heavier, it's more melodic than the previous one. You know, we don't owe anyone anything to play black to record Black Hole City again. Yeah. You know, we're now going to bring out Cathedral Point, and in the same in the same breath, Metallica owes us nothing. And what I like about Metallica is they've changed their sound so many times. Paul Jam did the same thing. I mean, you got to respect it. Yeah. A lot of people are like, oh, I just want to become commercially successful, whatever, and, and they're selling out. But do you blame them? I mean, at the end of the day, you get married, you have kids. You need to put food on the table. You need to, you want to give your family the best. So if you've got to sell out, so be it. And I think it's brave. You know, not everyone can be ACDC, Slayer, or Iron Maiden and play the same song and record it every album. Yes. Like, <laughs> ACDC has been recording the same album since the 80s, you know. Yes. Everyone's like, oh my God, I love ACDC. I'm like, guys, they've just <laughs> released the same album again. Yes. You know? <laughs> no, you're right, yeah. So what, uh, so what yeah. bands are you listening to at the moment? Um, look, I'm, I'm hectically at the moment into Night Flight Orchestra. Okay. They're like an AOR band. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, um, it's all these dudes from these uh, death metal bands from Sweden. Uh, it's the lead singer of Soilwork and the guitarist of Soilwork and the bassist of Arch Enemy. So they've yeah. got this like AOR melodic rock band. They are so good. Eh? It's like if Journey, if, if they're the journey of this generation. Like, oh, right. They are so melodic. And I've been listening to Paradise Lost. The new Paradise Lost is so good. I'm listening to Testament a lot, Creator, Amorphous. Um, I love a lot of this. I've really gotten into this um, melodic death metal from Scandinavia, like from Sweden and some of the um, Finnish stuff like Wolfheart and oh, Morris yeah. Principium S, Kalma. Yeah, I'm like, it's fast becoming my favorite genre. Okay, that's death cool. Metal. That's cool. Yeah. yeah. Do you know a band uh, Volbeat? Yeah, yeah, very well. Yeah. I enjoy, I enjoy some of the, I enjoy some of the heavier stuff. Yeah, I'm, they're one of those bands I, I don't have much of an opinion on, really. I can I can see why people love them. Yeah, but they just don't do anything to me. Okay, but um, I've seen them live, and I don't know, like they're quite big in Europe. The first time I saw them live, like, I didn't even know them, and they were like headlining a festival, and I, I couldn't. I left, I went back to my tent wondering why they were headlining. All right. Because <laughs> I'd never heard of them just years ago. And I was like, they're so boring. Yeah. And then I started following them and, I, and then I saw that they were just, you know, they were, they're huge in Europe. Like, you have no idea. Like, they are massive. But I mean, it's 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 like bry metal. <laughs> you can listen to <laughs> in the background, you have your mates over. You know, it's not going to upset anyone or you, you know. Um, so that means yeah, that you guys are on the same playlist. Do you realize that? <laughs> That's great. I'll take it, eh? <laughs> hey, I might not like Volbeat, but if someone puts me in the same sentence as Volbeat, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's cool. Anyway, Carlos, I'm gonna, I think it's uh, been a great chat. Thanks very much for having had me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, and uh, I look forward to the new album. I look forward to seeing you guys live when, when all of this lockdown yes. ends. Let me know if you're It'll be great to have you there. Right, so I have to say that Deadline is probably one of my favorite bands. Uh, 
you know, their music has a nostalgic feel for me. Uh, it takes me back to when I first started listening to heavy metal back in the mid-80s. And so if you haven't heard their uh, music before, I would suggest you go jump onto Spotify and go search for Black Wolf City, which is their last album. Sit back and enjoy that. And don't forget to look out for their new album, which will be launching next month, I think on the 20th. Right? And also, I'm sure that you guys, like me, would like to catch them live when we're allowed to do those kind of things again. So, thanks as always for joining me. Don't forget to uh, rate on Apple Podcast, subscribe on Spotify, and drop me a message on uh, Facebook or, or um, Instagram. And remember to join us on a Saturday morning at 10 a.m. South African time. You can catch us live on YouTube, Instagram, and Facebook, uh, where I'm joined by my fellow chops, Less Than Oleg. And that, my friends, is the end. I'll catch you next time.